After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Bill Chi, President and CEO of Prudential Locations, LLC, one of Hawaii's oldest and one of the largest locally owned real estate brokerage firms. In 1993, Bill served as the president of the National Association of Realtors and is still the only ethnic minority to have filled that position. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Bill Chi. Welcome to our show, Bill. Thank you. Good to be here. Should I say aloha, niha? (laughs) (laughs) You've been with Prudential Locations for a while now. Could you tell us a little bit why you started Prudential Locations? I was working for a real estate firm when I was 22 years old and... and, uh, when you're 22 years old, you think you're really smart. So one day we actually got drunk and started a business. And how many of you were involved in the startup? Three of us. We started in my apartment. You mean you met people in your apartment also? Um, no, we didn't. We actually went out to show them things. That's why we never took them to the office for the first three months because we worked out of there. And then we had got an office on Ward Avenue. It was uh, 800 square feet, and we subleased 300 feet to somebody else. And um, he could hardly pay the rent. So we got part of it in Listerine. I remember he used to distribute Listerine, so we got part of it in Listerine. So how, how was it starting your own business at 22? What gave you the confidence that you thought you could do it? I, I wouldn't call it confidence. I, I would call it probably naivete um, because we wrote things down and we thought we could make them happen, and they were totally unrealistic. If I was realistic about the whole thing, I probably wouldn't have started it. Was the market so strong that you thought that you could be independent? No, the market was weak, but we didn't know it. That's how little we knew about the market. So um, what started us off was it looked like people wanted something that we could give them and other realtors weren't, and uh, which was very unusual at that time. So 38 years ago, um, when you did real estate research, people thought you were crazy. You know, it was mostly use your dad's friend rather than look at the data. So... So how long were you doing real estate before you started this company? I got my license when I was in college. So the, the age of majority was 20 then. And it was a quirky time where it was flipping back and forth between 21 and 18. And then they decided in some years you, 20 was the age of majority. So I got it when I was 20 years old. Tried to sell real estate while I was in college and failed. And um, then went to work for First Hawaiian Bank and decided that I didn't like the banking business, and then um, went into real estate because that's the only thing I had was a real estate license. Wait, but if you said if you said that you started in real estate and you failed, then you went to the bank, what would make you go back to something you, you didn't do that well at initially? Well, when you don't have any choice, you just go back to what you got, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's really an interesting point because I know that there's a lot of people, especially in a good market, everyone wants to get into real estate, mm-hmm. but then they kind of feel that when the market starts to go down that they're not so good at it, so they just kind of leave. But you kind of seem to stick with it. You know, you said you didn't have a choice, but, you know, you must have have this feeling of you could do it if you just stuck to it and you didn't quit and really applied yourself. 
Well, I, I think it was a lot of fear and no choices. So what happens is that when everyone else is leaving, you don't have any place else to go, so you stuck around. And and there are businesses in which if you're the last one standing, you win. So um, real estate happens to be one of them. If, if you take today's market, 40% of the people who have licenses don't make a sale during a year. So don't think of the real estate business as a a group of people all making sales. I mean, the, the large proportion don't even make a sale at all. And then what was your competitive advantage when you initially started? Again, being stupid has its privileges. You know, I, I think that uh, once you get out there, we used to do things like take data and put it on a spreadsheet and, and show people what other houses sold for and graph it out so that they could see um, what took place in the neighborhood over time. Um, what, Which was what kind of program did you use back then? A hand oh. and a ruler. <laughs> okay, so you're talking for real spreadsheet. Yep. yep. And so at that time, other people or competitors, they weren't doing this? No, they weren't. They weren't. And what advantage did you find this for your customers? Well, we've, one of the things that we've, we've learned and, and we continue to learn is that it's the customers that actually dictate the marketplace. So they liked the data. It was that other realtors weren't giving it to them. So if we told them the last 10 sales and we showed it to them on a graph, they liked it. Uh, so they decided they wanted to come back to us. Um, and so we had a lot of people liking to see real estate data. And, and we ran things like, you know, what your mortgage would be 10 years from now and 20 years from now. So could, they could envision what took place when they bought a house, uh, whereas no one else did that for them. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Bill Chi, President and CEO of Prudential Locations, LLC, one of Hawaii's oldest and one of the largest locally owned real estate brokerage firm. It seems that in your career, you guys have embraced technology and kind of been on the cutting edge of technology the whole way through. Do you think that has given you an advantage? Definitely. I, I think we started, I don't know if you know this, but we automated MLS way before MLS was automated in the crudest fashion. And uh, we would get up every morning, get a newspaper, look through the data in the newspaper, call people early in the morning and input it into a very crude computer. And then we were able to ask people what they wanted, a three-bedroom, two-bath in Hawaii Kai, and pull it out in a matter of minutes then um, because the computers were so slow. Uh, and after a while, we found that people really loved that. I mean, that they had they had access to that kind of information uh, within minutes. Where did the PRISM system come from? 
It was um, years after that. I mean, we had, it was probably our fourth computer in those days. You would change them over every couple of years. And uh, the PRISM system was developed for a multi-office real estate firm. And um, it took us, the way we got there was we had a young vendor who couldn't fulfill his contract. And we, putting him out of business was no help to us. So he became our partner. And uh, we joint ventured the system and eventually sold it to Prudential. So how did this evolve? Because I read somewhere that you folks had talked about, you know, having all the information in one place that people could go to. Mm-hmm. And it was available to everyone in the public anyways, but you really allowed people to come to one place, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what happened, though, is it starts with a thought, and it doesn't happen immediately. So, for example, when we got all the data from MLS, it took us years and years and years to acquire MLS data. Uh, when an MLS vendor went out of business, we called them and said, uh, can we buy your data? And they had no use for it, and they would give it to us. Um, we would even buy data in uh, what they called punch cards at that time. Mm-hmm. So we'd fly up to the mainland, go to see an old MLS vendor, take all the data from him, input it into our computers, and coll- started collecting data on housing. So we have a history of 35 years of residential housing in, in Hawaii. So you have more data than any other company, pretty much. Yeah, yeah we do. And when did you see more of the expansion happening where you started franchising offices where people were interested in having their own location in different places? Uh, that start, I, I think we started with the Prudential about 10 years ago. And it was a kind of an interesting scenario because Century 21 had come in and some other franchises. And we always viewed ourselves as the kind of um, very maverick, independent people. Uh, we had become number one in the state without a franchise, and we were very aggressive in marketing our knowledge about property. And we, we'd send a team out every year to look at it and see what's the competitive advantage. And every year they'd come back and say, why should we pay them a fee? And one year they came back and said, you know, we got a problem. Um, name recognition was important, that if a tourist got off, off the plane and was looking for something, they would look at a name brand uh, when they were dealing in business, people were looking for name brands, especially when mainlanders would come in or if you were doing so business. So the market with, was switching. The market was changing. It was just not a local market anymore. It was becoming a national and international market. So when did the idea and kind of how did it come about where you folks went from locations to prudential locations? Well, it was kind of uh, uh, opportunistic because what happened was I happened to be the president of the National Association of Realtors in 1993, and one of my things was to bring in all of the new franchises. Franchises were considered the enemy of the association uh, a, a long time ago, and, and what I did was I brought them into the fold by putting them together in discussion groups so that the association and franchises could work together. So it just so happened that I knew the CEO of every franchise. So I got a chance to talk with them and ask them about advantages and disadvantages, and we basically interviewed three franchises and decided on Prudential. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide 
and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Bill Chi, President and CEO of Prudential Locations, LLC. So for businesses that are doing really well at a location, sometimes mm. they think about franchising. Mm-hmm. How has this worked for you? I mean, I know that different industries could, you know, have different results. But for you folks, how has it benefited you to franchise and have different locations so that it could be up and running, not just one? Well, it's this branding concept that everybody talks about. When you see a Prudential sign, you notice the Prudential sign first and second the next name. So uh, as we do in Maui, there are three uh, different Prudential firms. But when the, the consumer goes by, he sees a Prudential a sign. So he thinks it's all one firm, and he happens to look at the firm, and then he calls that firm. So he views Prudential as being bigger than it is, for example, on Maui. So it's this branding thing. I mean, if if I'm making hamburgers, but I don't have a McDonald's arch on them, I sell less hamburgers because there's less recognition. So. How about some hard times that you guys have had to go through? Can you give us some learning lessons from that, and maybe how we can apply some of the principles? I have tried learned? to block those from my memory. Um, I, I can tell you that we've seen three down markets or four down markets since we, we've been in business. Good realtors are made in bad times. I mean, that's one of our favorite sayings. And that and that what takes place is that you have to make certain that you're, you're constantly thinking about the customer first. And when you do that, it comes back and returns it multiple fold back when the market gets better. So if you just keep your mind to the task, meaning you're, you're keying in on that individual, that that homeowner that had to sell or that homeowner who has to buy into something and making sure that you keep their interest, you know, take their interest to heart, it, it's going to come back and take care of you. And they actually, uh, uh, my business works a lot of word of mouth. I mean, people are making $500,000 investments. They they don't normally walk off the street and say, gee, why don't you, why don't you represent me because I think you're, you know, you're a neat guy. There, there are some people that are doing that because the market has changed and, and discounting is here. And so uh, some people are thinking about, I can get a guy to sell my house for a 1000 bucks. We kind of think that, you know, you should examine that a little uh, because we, we actually can offer you $1,000 too because we don't want to turn down the market of collecting money and not doing anything because that sounds like a pretty good deal as well. So... We're trying to customize what our services are to the the needs of the consumer, which are changing, by the way. How do you avoid the thought of, I don't know, when I think of real estate agent, I guess I get worried because some people get into it and then they're out of it. And, you know, some people succeed, some people don't. And it's not like a car (laughs) car salesman, you know, but it is sales. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're dealing with a lot of people's big investments. Well, that's the fact of the business. I mean, I don't think it's an unwarranted reputation. You know, as I said, first of all, 40% of the people in the real estate business hasn't even made a sale. I mean, if you're going for heart surgery and the guy says, I, gee, this is my first one, I'm so excited, why don't you lie down and relax? It's not going to happen. 
So I think that's one of the one of those things that's so important in your life. You have to check out. I mean, uh, ask your father, ask your friends, ask people who've gone through it. Is really the way to look at it. Is I I don't believe that it's one of those things you look up in the yellow pages or you look at an ad or you look at a discount for the week or you got ten percent off or I'll give you a you know a Big Mac if you buy a house. I I really think it's serious business. And you got to think that it's like you know six hundred thousand dollars. I mean, let's let's treat it that way. So you really have to take due care in doing it. I mean, if you think about what you're doing, you have to get somebody who's experienced, or have to deal with somebody, or firm that's been experienced. Uh, those things really count. I, I am actually shocked that people will take more care, you know, in buying a dress than they would hiring a realtor. Uh, and, no, I know. Dresses make you look pretty and everything else, but I, I think it should be an, an important decision, just as you would for a physician or a, a, an attorney to represent you. Or I think those are important decisions in life. So, in your opinion, you've seen—I mean, in your career, you've seen thousands of realtors. What I've hired it, thousands of realtors. Right. What is it that that makes the best realtors the best? Yeah. Uh, it's. I, I think it's that relationship between the client. And, you know, if, if you think about it, they've formulated a real estate relationship with this person. I'm not talking about just the friendship. I'm talking about a relationship that involves real estate. So it's like having a, a medical relationship with your physician. When something goes wrong, you call him and you ask him medical questions, and you're comfortable in asking them, and he knows what your history is, and you can converse in a way that you're comfortable so you can express your needs. Uh, that's the same thing that makes it for a good realtor. Uh, you know, a good realtor is someone that someone feels comfortable in calling. It's not someone pestering you all the time. And that's what we've gone to is we've gone to more having our customers access our own databases so that they can comfortably come in and look at things even without our knowledge and to, to share with us the data you know, that we have access to. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com.
You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Bill Chi, President and CEO of Prudential Locations, LLC. Bill served as a president of the Realtors Information Network, which resulted in the largest public real estate internet site in the world, Realtor.com. He also served as director of other firms, including Hawaii National Bank, Hawaii Family Dental Service, and Institute of Human Services. Prudential has a foundation, correct? Mm-hmm. What, what is that foundation for? What has it done? Can you talk a little bit yeah. about that? It started ab- about 25 years ago, ob- obviously in a good year. And we were thinking about how we get involved in the community. And we had some people who did and some people who didn't. And we thought it was, should become part of our philosophy that the company get involved in it. And so what we did was we started the foundation. We collected money from agents. And, we, and it produced activity and camaraderie and built morale. And they actually run the foundation. So every year they go on a fund drive. They collect money. They decide every month who to uh, give money to. Uh, but they're enjoying themselves. I mean, during Christmas, they love to do the knapsacks. Uh, for the kids, they go and visit the the sh- homeless shelters uh, that involve kids and so forth. So that it's a real contradiction to kind of the business that we're in, and that's why they like it. You know, we're out selling real estate, a high end product, and then we're involved in a foundation. So last year, I think they they um, collected a hundred and twenty thousand dollars and distributed a like kind of amount, and they're and they're still moving on it. I mean, they're doing a great job. What was the inspiration behind it of why the foundation started? Well, it was, a, it was a way that when you're busy, we used to always say you should give back to the community either time or money. And so if you were busy that year, a realtor's job goes up and down. I mean, you may have lots of time at one point, and at t- other times you have no time at all. So the easiest way to be would be at your workplace. You could say, well, I don't have much time. I can just give you money. Or I, I have both this, this time. I can, I can look at the bulletin board and say, you know, they're uh, painting a schoolroom today and I, I'll go out and help. And some of the people have used it to uh, bring their kids along as well. So it's great parenting skills. You know, they bring their kids out and the kids are helping other kids. And uh, I, I, I think it's really done well. But it's, I think we got more out of it than we put out, actually. I mean, uh, it's, it's just money, but we've gained more out of it. I think the obvious part when you have a foundation and they're getting together would be the charitable giving. But what are the business implications for that? So companies looking to maybe implement some type of uh, program like that within their own company, how does that affect their business? Well, I, I, I think it's great for morale if, if you can define a purpose. We don't support all charities, for example. Uh, we had to be much more targeted and we started to select things that, that were almost contrary to our business. So we we are heavily in support of shelters for families and and that involve kids or uh, you know child and family services things like things like that that are almost the opposite of our clients uh, who have money and 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 who have homes. And they've stuck with that over the years. So they, they've narrowed their scope to be more effective. So that you you won't find them. For example, supporting Youth Symphony. Not that Youth Symphony is bad. It's just that they have to they have to key in on things that they feel they can be effective with. Are you able to leave us with any last advice for entrepreneurs that you know want to be successful, but you know they don't know where to start, and also having a double bottom line for their business, mm-hmm. like you have with the community? 
Well, I, I think being being an entrepreneur almost sounds exciting, but it really means uh, your ability to say I'm willing to lose something. I mean, uh, one of the things I always tell people is, you know, in school they teach you how to calculate and add up things, but they never teach you about risk. And entrepreneurialism is all about risk. And it's all about the nerve enough to take it. If you love that feeling, if you love that thrill of putting it on the line and seeing what you get, you'll love being an entrepreneur. If you hate it, don't do it. It'll only bring you misery. I've seen people that that cannot stand taking a loss try to become entrepreneurs, and they hate it. When we were losing money and starting, we loved it. That's the strangest thing. We were losing money. We weren't making as money, much money as before, but we loved every single day we went to work. And it was the weirdest thing, and I can't explain it, but it was thrilling, you know. So if you don't like that kind of thrill, not everybody does, um, and I don't like to lose. I'm just saying if you don't like to have a situation where things are at risk, don't ever think about doing it because it'll make your life miserable. If you love it and you're persistent enough and you know that you're willing to work, and we used to sleep at the office. It was so bad. I mean, we were working so many hours a day that uh, and fearful of failing that uh, – and we did it for years. So unless you're willing to have that kind of drive, I mean, don't get into it. I mean, everyone thinks to be an entrepreneur, I'll go out and start an ice cream shop or a restaurant. Or I mean, it's hard work. Uh, so think about it before you jump and collect the money from your parents and do all those other things. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.